thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. If you have your Bibles, let's go three places today. I know that's a lot. If you have an electronic Bible, you can't do that. But those of you with paper Bibles, uh, you will be able to do more than those without them. Not trying to say anything, but it's just the way that it is. And so let's go Romans chapter 12. Let's go Mark 6. And then um, you can also turn to uh, 1 Corinthians, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 12. All right, I wanna, I wanna go after this idea. We've, uh, we, we talked about uh, in, in this series, Intentional Relationships. Here's where this was birthed. I read a book last year. It was called Intentional Father. And it was so specific on how to think kind of biblically and then strategically around the relationships uh, with my children. And so that actually for me became a very like powerful book on my own kind of personal time that then I, I wanted to just name this series Intentional Relationships because really it's applicable to lots of different relationships in our lives. And so we spent a week talking about marriages and then last week Nathan talked about strengthening our relationships and uh, mind the gap. And then today uh, I wanna go after this idea of honor within the community of faith. A whole lot of places you can go with the idea of honor. I mean, specifically, there's a lot within marriage. Uh, there's a lot within parenting. There's a lot with children unto parents. That's got some Exodus 20, some Ephesians 6. That's forthcoming because that's percolating. That wasn't my plan, but man, I got into that. I was like, that's a good sermon one day. But anyway, uh, and because I have four teenagers, bless the Lord on my soul. But, uh, but, all, but, but, I want, but really, Paul gets into this idea of honoring one another um, as he's kind of talking about the community of faith. So I just want to double click there, marinate there. Let's go Romans chapter 12. It says this, verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Then Paul's going to give descriptions of what it looks like to live in a loving community or a community of love. And the first one that he gives us is this, honor one another above yourselves. Let's pray. Let's go after this. Father, we love you. We ask in Jesus' name that we would be an honoring community. We pray that we would honor one another above self. We ask that you would help us to live countercultural and that this would be a place that would have a culture that honors. We pray that we would honor God. We pray that we would have honor within our families. God, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to honor within the local church. God, we pray that we would honor within our community. God, today, as we, as we lean into this idea of honor in the community, I ask that you would do something supernatural. We pray, Lord God, be at work in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. In December of 2020, I've told this story so many times, um, and, uh, and, and, and there's so many different facets to it, but um, there was a, a moment where when God healed my dad, um, I was elated. And so um, whatever amount of social media I'm normally on, it upticked by about 10 times as I tried to tell the story about how God had healed my dad. 99% of that was phenomenal. And as you can imagine, there was some pushback. And I didn't mind having theological conversations with people. How could God heal one and not other? Um, if God is so good, why is there the problem of evil? And so we go theodicy, we go theology. I had a few conversations with different people. Don't mind any of that, except there was one person on there, old contact uh, of mine, kind of resurfaced. And he said, in the way that he formed his question, he said, why did God 
heal old man Perkins and not somebody else. So that's where there was a little pain point for me. Because for me, if you want to talk about honor, honor is ascribing worth to somebody. Honor is ascribing value or seeing somebody with a weightiness, ascribing value. So there's an honor for my dad that exists inside of me that was higher than the comment from the, uh, well, it's called Facebook friend. I don't know if that's a true statement, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll just call it an online contact, all right? Because right there, there's that moment where, where I've, I've got this level of honor that's here. And then, and then the statement that said didn't match the kind of honor that I require to post on my wall, right? Like there, it, it, there was a gap there. And I think you and I live in a culture right now. I mean, it's an age with a lot of rage. It's an age with a lot of people where honor is something that that, that really does not exist in the culture. And one of the tragedies would be if the, if the age that has no culture or no honor in our culture starts to seep into the church. And if you and I exist in a culture where there's not necessarily an honor uh, for policemen or there's not honor for those in public office or there's not honor um, for parents. Instead, they might call them bruh. Um, So so there there lacks to be, there starts to be no honor in the culture and it's easy to allow what exists in the culture if you live on autopilot to slowly start to seep into the church. And I wanna go after this idea that Paul talks about because he's talking about a community of love and then he gives so many different ways to live in the community of love and yet the first one that's a descriptor of love is honor one another above self. And you and I live in a community where no one's above self. Well, you put yourself in the center where you put yourself above others. And it might be uh, normal for us to live like that or act like that and think like that and not even realize that we're doing it. I think it's easy for us to to not have honor and think of ourselves maybe as, as this is like a side category, this is no big deal. But let's just kind of do surgery on our hearts a little bit today and Ask God to help us flip how we live our lives so that we honor one another, so that we place others above self. Really that we live out this biblical mandate that's just simply this, honor one another above yourself. And where I wanna aim today at the conclusion is I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer where you ask God to help you see where you need to insert honor, who you need to honor, where there's a lack of honor in your life. The person that helps us understand honor, who lived it better than anyone, is, of course, the person that we look to in all things, and that's Jesus. And when you look at Jesus, I watch Jesus, and I watch him possessing honor for people that the culture did not honor. So, so even if you're in the Jewish community, and there's a small tax collector in the tree, and that person named Zacchaeus has betrayed Israel and aligned with the Romans and is small in stature, although God does love short people more than any kind. But anyway, I'm just telling you, you can look it up. It's biblical. I'm telling you, sorry, I got excited. You look at Saul, head and, bo- head and shoulders above the rest. David, small in stature, ruddy. It's just, I'm just telling you, it's just, I'm just convinced, you know, God, God loves short people. Anyway, okay, sorry. All right, that's not true. I'm just playing. All right. But, 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 but with Zacchaeus, you, you see Jesus 
and, in, and he stops. He sees the man in the tree and the man who's on the outskirts who is rejected. Jesus stops and here's, here's what it means. The way that you would honor is not something that you make up. It's not just kind of a, a lump valuing that you may, that you kind of just kind of add value to people because you want to, you want to ask God to help you see like he sees. So every single person has eternal value. Heaven and hell are realities. So every single person will have an eternal destiny. So when Jesus is walking by, Jesus sees Zacchaeus and Jesus stops and Jesus sees him. And Jesus not only speaks to him, but he identifies a plan to be with him. And the one who's the lowly, the one who's on the outskirts, the one who is not somebody that anybody else would esteem or ascribe value, Jesus ascribes value. He does it with the blind man, with Bartimaeus. When Bartimaeus is yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And the disciples are like, be quiet, blind man. And Jesus stops. Call him. What do you want? And Jesus hears the economic bottom, Bartimaeus, the one who's unable to help himself, the one who would be pushed aside. Jesus, come on, don't waste your time with the unimportant man. You've got important things to do. And Jesus sees him. He speaks to him. He heals him. He changes not just the way that, I mean, we would think of it. Yes, it's a delightful to see, but he changes his economic status for the rest of the man's life. He helps him. I see it when Jesus responds to people when they say, when the disciples are telling him to move on past the children and he, and Jesus becomes indignant and he goes, whoa, 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 bring the children unto me. And he prayed over them and he blessed them. So Jesus, he sees and then he speaks. This is what I want to invite us to. I want to invite you to see people that won't necessarily increase your status in the community of faith, but because of how Jesus sees them, you speak to them. You see them. So you stop, you see, you speak. The way that my wife Renata says it, she says, you speak forward. You're not making things up and just kind of falsely hoping, hey, hope all things turn out for you. You know, eye of the tiger, baby. No, you're stopping and you're looking and you're saying, okay, Jesus, how do you see Zacchaeus? How do you see Bartimaeus? How do you see these children? How do you see, and then fill in the blank with the people in our community. How do you see them? And then you speak it and you speak it forward. So the temptation is to only speak to people that will increase your financial status, increase your social status, increase you in some way. And yet to be like Jesus, to be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself. The one who ultimately went to a cross and placed everyone above himself was Christ. And so we're consistently choosing to reinvest our time, our talent, our treasure, our energy, our conversations, our attention, not just on the people that can accelerate our own agenda, but we are the people who've been transformed by Jesus to be a people that see people on the outskirts, that love them, that take care of them, that speak into them. And so you see it and then you say it. In about uh, 2009 or 10, um, Renata and I had uh, a young couple over to our house. 
uh, for dinner when we were living in Colorado Springs. And, um, and the, the rest of the story is, is that they had been in our intern program in 2001 and 2002. And she had grown up in Colorado Springs. Her name was Emily and Caleb had grown up in Pueblo. And, uh, and, and, and they had been serving in Kathmandu, Nepal uh, as missionaries. And they were in Colorado Springs for just uh, a short time before they were headed back to Kathmandu. And so Renata and I just seized the opportunity to invite them to our, our, our house. And we had just had this brand new baby named Adeline Grace. And anyway, uh, so we, we invited them over to our house and we're sitting at the dinner table. And, um, and they've, after they've been serving in Kathmandu, uh, Caleb said to me, he goes, David, he goes, I just wanted to thank you because you completely misread me. And I was like, what? And he's like, when I was serving as an intern, he said, I was a socially awkward kid from Pueblo that didn't have any friends that would scream really loud and talk awkwardly. And it was awkward in social interaction. And you made a mistake. What was socially awkward, you called Christian zeal. And you started telling everybody in your sermons, be, like, be loud like Caleb and talk like Caleb. And I would start uh, talking. He was going to, the, to Colorado College in downtown Colorado Springs. And, and, and I was just aggressive because I, I didn't know how to be socially calm. He's like, but you, you, you just decided you, in all your sermons, you, you, you would use me as the example of never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. He goes, well... He goes, that just turned out that that's how I started to see myself. And then I married Emily and she wanted to go to Nepal. And I, now I'm a missionary in Kathmandu. I just want to thank you because you're, you're mistaking me, caused me to actually step into zeal. And today I'm a missionary in Kathmandu. And I winked him and I said, I'm not sure it was an accident, right? Because here's what you're doing. You're looking at kids, teenagers, outskirts, and people that they might not even see it for themselves. And you're just saying, hmm, Lord, how do you see them? Say what you see. Most of the time, we're so busy. Our tasks, our calendars, our emails, our texts, our DMs. I ain't got no time for others. Here's what Paul says. Honor one another above self. That is not theoretical. That has actual calendar time in the way that it plays out. And the way that it plays out, it plays out more than just Sundays. I think it's great on Sundays, but it also plays out in who you are during the week. It plays out in how you talk about people. Talk, talk about people. It, it, it plays out. And I want to invite you to just begin to ask the Lord, what would it look like for you to be a person that sees people, knows they have an eternal destiny and honors? C.S. Lewis said, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Here's the idea. Everybody has an eternal destiny. So everybody has value. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's the people of value. People that can move me forward. The people that can help me out. And this is, we're trained in this. This is so in our culture. It's so countercultural. You look at the first century church. You look at the times where the church is at its best. It's when we have decided to forego that up and up status pursuit in order to be the people of God and honor, ascribe value and worth to others. And I wanna invite you to ask God, what does it look like for you at Radiant Church to be someone who honors? Couple thoughts, honor reveals more about your character than others' conduct. So sometimes what people say is, as soon as they deserve it, then I'll honor them. Good luck with that right? What you want to do is you want to be an honorable person, 
where you ask God what it looks like for you to honor others, and then you show honor because of the honor that's inside of you, right? So you look at David, for example, in the scriptures, and I'll just use one illustration with David with Saul. Here's Saul, and Saul is the king, and David refuses to fight back. He's got the moment where David's just doing his role. He's playing for the king, and Saul throws spears, and David does not pick up a spear and throw it back. David continues to honor David, when he's in the cave and Saul's got an army trying to kill him, David refuses to kill Saul. He cuts off a piece of the robe. Here's what he's doing. He's showing honor. So much of the time, we'll have a reason why we don't show honor. And it's, it's based upon others. Here's what I want to invite you to. Don't use their behavior as the mechanism to decide if you're going to show honor. Jesus, what does it look like for me to show honor? I will show, be a person of honor. Now, I have it in the word of God to ascribe value. What does that look like in this context, in, in, in this situation? And I think honor requires faith because ultimately it takes stepping out of what's seen and stepping into what's unseen. If you step into evangelism and you're trying to see somebody who's, who's far from God and people that, are, people that are hedonistic or people that are narcissistic and they're all about themselves, they're actually fairly difficult to love because they're all about self. So a lot of times, well, well they're too far gone. They're, it's not enjoyable. It, to, to actually engage and stop and see, Jesus, how do you see them? Okay, Jesus, the, you, you actually went to the cross for them. Therefore, for me to, to, me to stop, see them, spend time, it, it takes faith to honor them. It takes faith in the process of discipleship, right? Like I stopped, asked Adeline some questions, and her small group leader is actually my age, <laughs> Right? For, her, for that small group leader to be investing in 15-year-old girls and giving up of her evening, giving up of her time and talent, she, it's actually a step of faith to say, okay, I'm going to give of my time, talent, and treasure to these 15-year-old girls, and I'm going to trust God and put them into God's hand, right? It's like, I'm, for me to esteem them and see how, how God sees them and ascribe worth to 15-year-olds, well, that takes some faith. And many times, as parents, in your marriage, it takes, I'm going to show honor. I'm going to, based upon the word of God, that is true. Based upon Jesus being my example, I'm going to show honor even when it's difficult. I'm going to show honor because it's my conviction. I'm going to show honor. And here's another thing. You, you'll be surprised. You give yourself to showing honor as a, as a characteristic, like Christian honor, for a season, in your relationships, and the very relationships that right now bring pain in the future will bring joy. Try it. Give yourself to where you honor someone and you are consistently saying, Jesus, what do you think about that person? Help me to show, ascribe value and worth to that person like you do. And in time, it will bring joy. So that, I mean, the way that the ESV talks about Romans right here in Romans 12, the way that, that it says, outdo one another with honor. Outdo. I almost think that sounds like it's, it's like a duel. Like, I'll honor you. No, I'll honor you. No, I'll take it. It's almost like, I'll take the check. No, I'll take the check. No, I'll take the check. No, I can. I can. And before you get some momentum on kingdom putting others before self. Yesterday, my 12-year-old son was suddenly absent. Couldn't find him. And it was not that he ran away from home. It's that he went to our basement and started painting my basement office just because he likes me. 
Oh, yeah. Can I get an amen, brother, right? So, so what, what happened for me when we couldn't, I, Renato, where's Justice? I don't know. Where's Have you seen him? I haven't seen him. Have you seen him? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. It's two o'clock. Uh, did he get up today? Have you seen him? I don't know. Uh, he had headphones on, so he couldn't hear us. Oh, no. Where's Justice? Ah, what? This is weird. This is not like him. Find him in the basement. Paint a fence, you know, it's like Mr. Miyagi, right? Like he's just, and, and, and now here's what happened inside of me when my 12-year-old son just decides just to just to get up on Saturday morning and just do something for his dad. I'm like, how much money you want, baby? What do you want? I'll do anything for you. What? I can't, whoa. Like, Nathan will not have a cooler office than me much longer because my, I got a new paint job. Like, let's go. Like, this is awesome. And so when, last night, when he was supposed to be out with his buddy until one time, I said, no, 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 Renata, let's let him stay out later. Why? I'm trying to outdo him, but taking care of me, right? Why? It's silly, but you know what happens? You get that cycle going on in parenting? You get that cycle going on in your marriage? Instead of like, well, you never, well, your personality, well, no, no, no. Honor. All right, how could I honor? If you gave one year to just consistently, not based upon their performance, but based upon who they are in the kingdom, where you honor your spouse, you'll have a different marriage in a year. Your marriage will be different in a year. Honor, choosing, and it, what, I, what I'm saying is those relationships, and people get upset and they're like, I don't know, if I, give, if I give my attention to other people, I won't have time for me. You got it. <laughs> what about me time? I, I, hey, I'm, I'm millennial and I've grown up where I've had my own profile and my own this and my own time and my own this. And, then, and you watch the people that are pouring out their lives for God, spouse, children, make disciples, evangelism, and they're and they've invested in others are people that possess more joy than the ones who are consumed with my portfolio and my time and my prestige and what people think of me and me. And the thought is that the, the way that the enemy wants you to think is just make it all about you and you'll be happy. And it's actually the opposite. Outdo one another, showing yourself. I mean, give yourself to honor other people and those relationships around you in time will bring joy. Will you be busier with other people than you are right now? Probably. And your life in, in the community of faith, your life in Christian community, love one another, be, de, be devoted to one another and love, honor one another above yourself. You start putting other people above you. And instead of hating those people and being the person who behind other people's back makes jokes about how everybody's crazy and everybody's messed up but you, you'll become the person that has tears when you talk about that person. Tears when you talk about that person. Or that's, you know, me and my dad. Most of you will be like, I just like them. It's the Perkins that cry. You know, but like, you'll you, you, you have, like, you'll you care. You with me? I'm just telling you, those relationships, those relationships that we tend to be cynical about could be a source of joy. Invest in them. All right. So let me just show you why I think one of the reasons um, we stop showing honor. Mark chapter six this is just the story where Jesus visits his hometown. Just want to make one point here. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's, the, what's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. 
Imagine Jesus grows up in your hometown. You've got one shot. This is pretty cool. First century, you're in a little tiny, I mean, Palestine, Nazareth, and all of a sudden you're offended at Jesus instead of following him. Sad story. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. There's that word. In his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. So Jesus had a bad day, just did a few miracles and healed a few people. Be nice to have that around here right now. But here's the storyline right here. Isn't that Mary's son? Don't we know Joseph? Don't we know his brothers? Don't we know his sisters? Isn't he just a carpenter? Isn't he just from around here? They're familiar with him. And then they have offense in their heart. Listen, it's easy for you and I to do that with the spiritual gifts and the, what God has given among us. You become familiar. You just, you just oh yeah, and, 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 and take up offense so easy. It's easy. Here's, here's the moment where instead of saying, oh yeah, I'm offended. How could something great come from here? Don't we already know? Wasn't Mary, wasn't, aren't they just kind of average people like us? How could he have this wisdom? How could he do these miracles? Ah, it's easy. It's easy today in community of faith to be like, ah, that's just him. That's just her. That's just, and slowly, and the intriguing thing for me about this story is then in the next verse, Jesus just leaves. He just starts talking about no honor for him. So one of the things that you do when you honor other people, we honor God and God is given when he redeems somebody and he gives somebody a spiritual gift. When you honor them, it is a way of saying, I'm honoring his body today. I'm gonna honor God. A way that you show honor. There's lots of ways to show honor to God and a way is when you honor the people around you. Yeah. A way is when you say, hey, there is a, there is a you, you are a part of the fellowship of the baptized. You are redeemed. You are a follower of Jesus. You have spiritual gifts and I'm gonna honor you. I'm gonna honor God at work. So, so you and I have choices on if we'll honor one another. This is a way. And there's a few things that I just have just for us as a church. So many different ways to show honor. I just wanna highlight a couple of them. Number one, at Radiant Church, I have a dream that we honor the generations at Radiant that we honor the generations. We have probably five generations here at Radiant. I mean, I would say we have the boomers, we have Gen X, we have the millennials, we've got Gen Z, we got Alpha coming up, right? And the temptation is to just look at other generations and instead of honoring God at work or what God did in the past or what God's doing right now or what God will do, it's easy to just take your favorites and even seal in your memory what God did with you and with your friends, right? I'm preaching to myself right now, right? And then, and, then, and then honor that and honor self and slowly just make jokes and be cynical about others. But imagine with me a church where five generations have honor, right? And, and so you're actually putting the other generation above yourself. So <laughs> honor one another above self Honor the other generation above your generation. No. Yeah. So when Gen Z is singing a song that you can't even understand the words, 
And they're singing, I'm in love. I cannot remember what I was doing before I met you. And all you hear is, (laughs) oh, no, no, oh, no, no. We go, how does it go? I'll learn the lyrics. I'll sing along. And I'll thank God that God's at work in Gen Z. And I'll thank God that he's doing something fresh in Gen Z. I mean, you you see that or or with right right now, Gen X, right? You see it. We have the things we love in this church right now. We'll be singing a song. And the moment we hit Gen X, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. I'm telling you, the whole place goes crazy, right? Because we know those 90s, that's when God was working, baby. Uh. See, I got an applause. You're like, yeah, that's right. That's right. That was when, right? Because we have our preferences, right? I'm telling you, my dad, he does not freak out or shout to the Lord. But you play a little... uh, when I survey the old rugged cross, love so amazing, so divine, demands my, I mean, he'll stop right there, like ready to go to the, I mean, demands my soul, my life, guaranteed waterworks, my high all, bam, why? Because glory of God, 1969, that was, wow, happening, baby, okay, so the church that, the church that has dishonor mocks, fights for their way, fights for self. The church that shows honor says, Gen Z's like, come on, teach me the old rugged cross, baby. Right? Lives up here. She's 17. And she's saying, come on, Poppy, teach it to me. How's it go? Right? And Poppy's over there. He's 77. Right? And he's saying, I'm wearing his jean jacket. Right? Okay? Why? Honor. You get a house that honors and it's fighting to go low. So thankful. And what you're doing is you're honoring. It's not just kind of false, just kind of false niceties. No, no, no. We see God at work in Gen Z right now. We, we, we want to go back. I took my kids this week to go see a movie about what God was doing in the early 1970s, right? Wow, God at work. God, do it again. God, have your way again. Man, dad, tell us what it was like back in the 60s. No, 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 that's not my generation, Liv. No, no, I was born in the 70s. Oh, whatever, tomato, tomato. If it's before 2000, it's just old. Okay, okay, okay. Right? And don't call me bro. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just kidding. So we honor I'm telling you, you get that, you get that, that makes a church different. The culture is cynical and the culture mocks and the culture fights for self. And you walk into a church, they stop. They lock eyes. They care. Not just on a Sunday in the lobby, although there, but in a small group, but at a prayer meeting, but as we serve our city, as we jump on airplanes and go around the world Take the gospel to places that never, have never heard. I'm telling you, you'll be surprised the joy that comes from relationships where you show honor. The temptation is to always just show honor if I feel like it. Good luck with that. Emotions never lead. Convictions lead. Emotions follow. This is my conviction. I'm going to honor. I'm going to show honor. Honor the generations. And I would invite you Right here, Romans 12, 16, Paul goes on and he says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. So second one is this. Honor the lowly at Radiant. Honor the lowly. 
We say, who are the lowly at Radiant? It's Bengals fans, it's Eagles fans, <laughs> Bills fans. <laughs> Just kidding. What I think of as the lowly is, is the people that by virtue of the relationship, it doesn't necessarily increase your status. So you're, you're their friend, you're their comrade, you're, you're helping them and you don't have financial gain. They don't, it can't help you in any kind of social way. Jesus is your example. And Jesus went around and he saw the hurting, the poor, the broken. And truth be told, that could be so many different people. That every week on a Sunday. That's why you be you, you do what you wanna do, but I'd invite you, man, get here early. Look for people. And a lot of times the people that are here for the first time are five minutes early. <laughs> Imagine that, right? And then stay a few minutes, talk to somebody, engage with people. That's why you jump in a group. That's why you say, I'm, I, I want to do more than do a box checking church. I just, can I just tell you that? Can I just tell you? I, I loved, I, I loved, my dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. I just, I, I, I know, how, I, I, I know I, I, I've done some church in my life. I can just, can, can I tell you, I'm not very excited about, we just kind of like, do a little 60 minute deal and leave. But man, if we can be like a real deal, like, like Monday through Saturday, like God at work, like I put others before self, like, like 45 year olds that go and disciple 15 year old girls and 15 year old girls come home and say, dad, I love, I love bold youth. Really? Why? Because Jacob Ray is such a great worship leader. Yeah, well, that's true, but that's not what she said. Because Kenny's such a great Bible preacher. Well, that's true, but that's not what she said. What she said was, my, my, my small group leader cares about me. That's what she said. Man, you, you replay that story over and over again. You replay that story Monday through Saturday. Lives change. Yeah, but we got Monday night football and yeah, we could make some more money if we don't go on Monday nights. Pick your night, pick your morning. I'm not, but I just want to invite you. Man, let's just be, I just dream about a church that's an authentic church that takes the words of Paul and says, okay, Jesus, how do we live this here now? Last one is I want to invite you to honor the gifts of others at Radiant. I know we, we work diligently to help you discover your spiritual gift. Love that. It's my favorite. It's why we have you go to DNA. And so our, our conviction here is every member a minister because I care about what you do between Sundays. I love what you do on Sundays, but I care between, I, 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 I believe all of us are ministers, priests. We've all got a calling. We're all right now carrying out what God's called us to. And one of the temptations though, one of the temptations is to stop honoring the spiritual gifts in others. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, he, he lays out verse 21 through verse 26 to honor the gifts of everybody. That's, the language, that's where he uses the whole idea of the body of, that we're all different parts of the body. And he uses the example of the head needing the foot. And he's speaking about the foot like it's lower than the head and lesser. And all of us know 
Man, that moment you got the sprained ankle, you weren't able to play ball or hurt the foot or whatever, where there's a one part of the body that might not be the most visible, but when it breaks or when it's broken or when it's wounded, then the body doesn't operate right and it shuts down. So especially in a culture that is so stage-driven and platform and internet, imagine with me what it looks like for all of us to honor the spiritual gifts in the house. Everybody. Not, not, not just on Sundays, but, but online, in words, honoring. So I just want to model it for a moment. I think there are some, some people in our church that are, have the gift, spiritual gift of wisdom. And they help us steward our finances. And in this building process, they've been so helpful and they will continue to be. Can we just honor and give a big hand to all of our trustees? Can you do that? Yeah. I wanna honor people that serve on our dream team. People, I, I, I love this story. Last week, um, one of the people that serves on our our church in team, as we were doing a prayer before service, he prayed and he said, and God, just thank you that church was a success today. We got everything set up before the people got here. <laughs> Which what I love about that is like, for him, hey amen, we got her done. <laughs> like church is good because he worked so hard just to get to that point, right? But there's an army of people that do everything from set up to tear down to dream teamers that take care of our children every single week that serve. Can we give a big hand to everybody that serves on the dream team? <laughs> Last one, I just want to honor all of our small group leaders that serve, make disciples all week long, open up their homes. And some of them, their groups are super intense and they're working through the book of Colossians. And some people are just like pressing play and watching video curriculum. Some people are playing basketball, but all of them are intentionally helping make disciples. Can we just give a big hand to all of our small group leaders? And we as a church, we honor you. Thank you for your sacrifice, your serving. Let's just take a moment. I want to invite you just to bow your heads just between you and the Lord. I'm going to give you just a few moments. Just ask the Holy Spirit who do I need to honor? God, where do I need to ascribe worth or value? Now you just ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strength to honor one another above self. Some of you, it's looking like the local church. Potentially, some of you, it's connected to marriage or siblings or children or parents. Just, Father, I want to be an honorable man. Proverbs 3 says, honor God. New Testament, the Bible says in 1 Peter, to honor God. 
God, we come before you and we honor you first above all. Maybe you're in this room today and the, the primary person that you have esteemed or placed value is yourself. And today you wanna cease to do that and make Jesus the person with the highest honor, the highest place in your life. If today you want to follow Jesus, I wanna lead you in a prayer. Just from your seat between just you and Jesus, just pray this and begin. It can start today. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. Change me, save me, heal me. I place you as the highest person. I esteem you. Be number one. Save me from sin. Save me from me having the pressure to have to be my own God. You be my God. You be my savior. You be my Lord. You be my hope. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that, our dream at Radiant Church is to go on a journey with you. And you've just been rescued by the King of all kings. I'd invite you to let us know either with the card, the paper card that you have in front of you, or let us know on our website. There's an electronic card so we can help you on your journey of faith. It would be the privilege of our lives to go on the journey with you and help you as a follower of Jesus. Let's all stand. I want to invite our ushers to come forward. And last thing before we take our offering, I just want to tell you as a church, I just want to honor you. Renata and I, I said, I sent in a text this week to somebody. I said, hey, if I'm dreaming, don't pinch me. Jesus is doing a miracle because what God is doing through you is unreal. It's you. It's God at work in and through you. And I just want to honor, ascribe some value. Thank you. Thank you for the way that you pray, serve, love, encourage, give. I just am blown away by it. It's just amazing. I just, I'm just so excited about spending the next few decades together. I'll probably die in a few decades. That's why I said that. I don't know. I'm just so grateful, so thankful. Let's pray. Father, we love you today and we give what we have. God, we're so grateful. Lord, it's the privilege of our lives. Why? You rescued us, pulled us out of striving and fear. When I was a teenager, you found me. My life's never been the same. And now I get the hope of heaven. Now I get to live with hundreds of friends. Now I get my life making a difference for something that matters in eternity. Oh God, you're so good. You gave your son for us and in the window of time that we have, we give everything back to you. We love you, give you our lives, give you our first fruits, our tithes, we give you our offerings, we give you our talents, we give you our minutes, our treasures, everything. Take our lives, God. Take what we give. Use it to make a difference in our city and around the world. In Jesus' name.